Yo, this is Conan. You're listening to World of Wrestling Podcast with Tax and Rich. Boom. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the World of Wrestling Podcast. My name is Rich, and as always, I'm joined by my good buddy, Tax William. Hello, everybody. How you doing? I'm very well, man. How's things? Like, we're in lockdown. There's a US presidential election kind of happened that's still being counted. We're in a weird place in the world. The world is going to pop, but mm. thank goodness we have some beautiful, beautiful professional wrestling. Thank I God. have thank God for WCW. Well, I was going to say, along with WCW, I've re-engaged with Lucha Underground this week. <laughs> what a choice. Okay. So I'd watched the first series before, um, and now I've just started on series two of it, and I love it. It's okay. I've only the seen some bobs, but like Adam Blumpier, who I work with, obviously loves it, man. He's a massive fan. So uh, yeah, if you like it and he likes it, I, I generally like your opinion. So yeah, might have to give it a go. It's the most fun I, I've seen. It's got everything I need. Like we always go on about how great Trinity Brawl is. Mm. It's like that, just a little bit more dark and, and lucha. <laughs> And a little bit more lucha. I, l- I love seeing all of my favourites all wearing masks, although the episode I just started watching hasn't aged well because it's got some knobhead with a lollipop in it. Mm. Yeah, that's the one thing I remember that he was under contract for them for a while because there's lots of uh, controversy around the contracts of Lucha Underground, wasn't there? But, yeah, um, in fairness, they they certainly have a few of those bad eggs in there. And then that Charvo Guerrero turns up. Outrageous. Oh, the worst of all the bad eggs. <laughs> but not for that reason. <laughs> But I also, um, I completely forgot that Ray was involved in it. I was at some briefly. point. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, sure. So at the end of one of the episodes I watched, normally it goes off the air with like another little um, film snippet for the actual storyline leading into the temple. And then they just had all this stuff. And then all of a sudden, out of the darkness appeared Ray Mysterio. And I was like, <laughs> ah, that's the first time I've ever popped for Ray Mysterio. <laughs> hey, that's oh. harsh. Other than when he had his eye popped out. <laughs> well, never know, because this is the go-home show for Great American Bash, which we're going to have Rey Mysterio's, I think, debut in WCW. So uh, it might pop for that. You never know. Who's that jumping out the sky? <laughs> oh, no, no, it's not being jumped out the sky. It's being thrown into a porter wagon. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously, before we get started this week, guys, again, I want to give a shout out to our friends over at Super Kicks Apparel. Um, you've heard us talk about them on the last couple of pods. They are We are affiliates with uh, Superkicks Apparel. Go and check them out on Twitter um, at Superkicks. If you use the promo code NWO to celebrate our 10-week run of shows, you will get 10% off your order at checkout. And again, with the lockdown heading in, let's go and support local business. Let's support our friends and our independent contractors let's you know if you've got some spare change to throw their way get yourself some cool merch for the winter use the code nwo at checkout sure man so uh this week i want to talk to you about this actually you brought up what you watch wrestling wise i obviously watch the pay-per-views uh WAEW. i watch dynamite most weeks um i watch the occasional nxt show very rarely nowadays if i'm honest and then like a bit of new japan and whatever we're doing for the podcast this week I really hope you're about to say you've done the Who Shot Bravo. I really hope you're saying you watched the shooting. No, no, I didn't watch fun stuff. I tried to watch Raw. So <laughs> I tried to watch Raw. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So I now do the live podcast review for Raw on 
wrestle talk where i'm basically producing a live stream for it now and um it got quite good response so i'm really happy about that but i thought like okay i'm now part of this raw streaming process for the podcast review i should probably watch raw yeah it's not the easiest show in the world to watch i'll put it that way well i mean having bobby lashley beat the shit out of truth and then beat up drew gulak and then just drop him on top of truth to win a belt that's storytelling in 2020 kids yeah i got about 90 minutes in and was just like do the do people that watch this not know that netflix exists because i, I mean, mean <laughs> do you know what i mean i'm beyond the mats on there now so <laughs> it's like i love i adore professional wrestling like you know my passion for wrestling we do a podcast about it every fecking week for god's sake and i just can't watch it it's it's intolerable to me it's that the stories are terrible there's barely any wrestling on the show ever and then like aj styles was funny there was some build-up to the Survivor Series that has fuck all storytelling, as far as I'm aware. Hey, and it's they've they can win for their brand. They've only just been <laughs> drafted to <laughs> that, that none of, that none of them are sticking to either. They're all on different fucking shows, anyways. What's the point? The, the problem I found, and again, I I don't really watch Raw. I dip in and out. Um, I've certainly not watched a full three-hour episode in years, to be honest, of Monday Night Raw. The problem with Raw is that it's not must-see TV. You don't, you don't feel if you miss an episode, you're not going to be able to catch up. You don't think you're going to miss something spectacular. And granted, I know that a lot of the good stuff they might have written or some of the surprises they might have, um, they're going to wait till they get fans back. And obviously, we, you know, we go completely off book from WCW. We talked about all their WrestleMania plans that they're going to move it back to Florida and try and go back to Rain and Jane Stadium and have it 20% full. I like the fact that Vince McMahon's been told, well, the NFL said they can have 20,000 people, so I'll have 60,000 people. No, Vince. <laughs> that's not how it works. I uh, haven't it's just, heard that. I don't know what that is, to be honest, but if you say so. <laughs> but it's just the whole... I mean, at least SmackDown's trying. At least SmackDown's trying yeah, with sure. this Tribal Chief storyline. Yeah, I love but it. It's th- really interesting. But I think going forward like looking at monday night raw it's almost like we've gone back to the mid 2000s and that- smackdown because it's now on fox and raw is just forgettable and the b show it has completely just switched over now because of the money that fox are providing absolutely that was going to be my final little statement about it was like it just feels like it's stuck in the past it's like they have no idea the um level of content they're trying to compete with for people's attentions right now and people if Raw sit at home two ready hours. to watch stuff. You know what I mean? Like they're there. There's a captive audience that you could be convincing right now, and they're just going, "Nah, we haven't got fans. Like, what's the point? Let's just let's just do a wrestling show." Yeah, great. Well, especially this week when it's like, "Oh, it's the last." I mean, can you imagine how bad AEW and NXT are going to do tonight? Because we're recording this on a Wednesday. With <laughs> all the stuff going on in the states, I predict we're going to be seeing like all-times low ratings for both shows today because everyone's going to be watching it. I saw a stat that like local news stations are getting 7 million people watching leading up to the election. So Yeah. yeah I may but, sound a little tired, by the way. I was up till 5am watching the uh, election results and such and just watching them going, yeah, yeah, we're, we're definitely not going to know for a few days <laughs> from like 8 o'clock in the evening through till 5am. You're just like, why did I watch this when I knew nothing was going to be announced? Like, it seems Hang like on. an odd decision. 
Monday Night Raw is the election. <laughs> Nothing happens for seven hours and then tells you something might happen next week. So speaking about being stuck in the past, <laughs> we are going to do our episode five, the fifth episode, sorry, of the formation of the NWO series. The WC- Virgil episode, if you will. <laughs> the fifth man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a good spot. We can get that over. Yeah, the Virgil episode, the fifth man of the NWO. Fucking hell. Coming live from West Virginia. Oh, <laughs> nope. that's terrible. So WCW Monday Nitro number 39 from the 10th of June 1996. Again, the go-home show for the Great American Bash. We are one pay-per-view away from the finale. We're halfway through the series. Um, yeah, so World Championship Wrestling. We're at the Wheeling Civic Center in West Virginia, USA. The it's ca- really good. <laughs> <laughs> the capacity of the building is 3,500, but we'll get to that in a minute. Obviously, this was first broadcast live on TNT, but we both watched it on the network. Yes, yes. Um, the, so I, the, for the first time, I thought we'd look at like how the TV ratings have done in these five episodes. It's funny you should mention ratings. Yeah, go ahead. Because so, I've got a few pointers. So the first week that we did of Nitro did a this was four weeks ago did a 2.3 this episode was up to a 2.6 already so they've done 0.3 up i don't know quite what that means but they're doing better it would seem i think ratings are kind of bollocks if i'm honest but as a general like indication it seems to be going up and the other one that i had obviously noted down was raw did a 2.3 on this night so 0.3 less than this nitro so nitro is definitely taking over in the ratings well, this was actually, through the stats I got, this was the last episode where Nitro didn't beat Raw in the overall ratings. So okay. this was the last episode before the run of the 83 weeks of dominance. There we go. Awesome. So, like, this storyline's making a difference. I would have tuned over to see what was happening, especially with what happens on this show tonight. What's happened to us that we've both done sensible research <laughs> with this one? It's, it's lockdown <laughs> part two, mate, you know? <laughs> bored out of our minds didn't we so loving the nelson ratings <laughs> i did write down the raw card from this night as well just because i thought it was really oh, interesting. yes snap so, snap snap so why was raw failing is basically what i was trying to work out and I, I honestly don't think it was this because yes they're doing the king of the ring 96 build which is not hmm, not the most intriguing of storylines because it's just a tournament and obviously nitro are doing these shocking things over on the other channel but you've got owen hart versus yokozuna You've got Mark, Very nice. Mark Mero versus Skip. Skip. <laughs> uh, oh, what's Skip's actual name? That's Chris Candido, wasn't Chris, it? Thank you. I couldn't think of his name for a second. Uh, and obviously we had in the main event, The Undertaker versus The British Bulldog. Not a bad Bull- card, but three matches compared to what we get on this two hours of Nitro. It's, it's not comparable, really. Bulldog had three managers that night as well. Yeah, he had Diana Smith, Jim Cornette, and Owen. <laughs> <laughs> this this time period had a lot of stuff like Austin and Savio Vega was around this time period. They had Sean and Brett around this time period. So they had some interesting stuff going on. And obviously they had a lot of wrestlers we rate in their roster. But WCW was just going, look over here, look over here, look over here. And you can't blame them, man. They did a really great job with that. That you you can tell as well, like you said, we're going to the King of the Ring build over on Raw. But here you've got 
Ric Flair and Arn going against two well-known, I would assume, NFL players. So you've got the mainstream crossover. Mm. You've got the mystery of the invaders coming in. And, you know, Lex Luger's a draw. (laughs) So... Uh, commentary tonight is the same teams we've had the last couple of weeks. We got the first hour of Tony Schiavone and Larry Zabisco, and the second hour of Bobby Heenan and Eric Bischoff. How are you rating them so far? You're a commentator. Go on, tell us what you're thinking. I mean, I'm really enjoying it. Having Larry and Tony for the first hour is really good, and Larry's really turning on the heel commentator now. You've noticed it over the last few weeks he's getting more and more Heenan-esque. His wit, his quick timings... Zabisco on the first 53 minutes of every Nitro broadcast is excellent. And I don't mind the the Bischoff trying to play. He's very much of the Vince McMahon face commentator. Ha, ha, ha. Oh, fantastic. Ideal. It's it's nice. And as I said, anything with Heenan on just instantly gets upticks, in my, my opinion. Sure. But, but... Bischoff at this time period where he's being too hammy as a a good guy face and rubbing it in Heenan's face, it sometimes takes away from the stories they're trying to tell or at least try and get over in the ring. It's not... Especially on this show. Fucking hell. They will not shut up about certain things the whole way through the fucking two hours. Both of them. But especially the second hour. Like, it's just... They're concentrating on one thing. It's the NFL horseman storyline thing. Which is understandable because you know, it is the go-home show and they're trying to promote the mainstream stuff. If people have turned over to TNT to see the NFL guys who haven't actually been on Nitro since Slamboree. Because they've not featured, have they, on an episode of Nitro outside of being on a vignette? Yeah, I mean, oh, those vignettes there. They're so great. <laughs> mm, arousal. <laughs> So uh, the miniatures are on fire again for the intro. It's, it's really lovely. Shit tons of pyro fills the arena in the ring. We get the cane corner post pyro again. Uh, the cameras pan across the whole whole empty sections of bright red seats. <laughs> They're like five so star. That, yeah, it's 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 really surreal. In the when you see the hard cam shots tonight, it looks packed. But this opening shot, they've obviously got the camera on the other side of the arena, and you're like, whose fucking decision was that? Like, what idiot was like, you know what we'll do? When the show opens, we'll pad across hundreds of empty seats, if not thousands. It's it's not a good look for your opening shot. Nitro fans like Bischoff and, and, and Heenan, they just don't turn up to the second hour. <laughs> but did you notice as well throughout this show, so sort of linking back to the bit of info we gave about the ratings, did you notice a couple of times throughout this broadcast both sets of commentary teams mentioned nitro parties for the first time yeah there was the odd mention of it we didn't get to see anything but there's lots of like yeah people i hear we're having nitro parties this evening and you're like oh we're getting it brought in (laughs) because we had this is this is the start of having nitro parties featured so that's why colleges as the ratings start getting up then people would start having these monday night parties Mm. sending their stuff into tnt to try and get on tv or get a a nitro camera to come to their frat at to be on live TV. So I'm that's not, again I'm not helping with however, their demographic. I'm not convinced, however, like effective these really were. They always seem like a bit of just a silly gimmick to me, but people have tried to say differently on podcasts, so I don't know. I mean, Lawla loved having these little frat parties mm. at like kindergartens. Way too bad. I say way too old if they're going to college for Lawla. 
<laughs> Tony Shiboni welcomes us to the show. Can I just also point out that people on TNT Dynamite for AW constantly pronounce his name wrong and it really annoys me. Listen to the way well, he t- says it. It's Tony Shivoni. That's how he says it. I've always known it's Tony Shivani. That's what I thought as well. But you listen to him on commentary, he's like, I'm Tony Shivani. Like he always says it like that. Maybe it's just a British American thing, but who gives a fuck? It's time to get rocking. It's live on TNT. His grammar is fucking atrocious. <laughs> welcome to World Championship Wrestling and welcome to WCW. They're the same thing. Uh, Monday Nitro, because he takes a big gap in between WCW and Monday Nitro. So it's like he's saying one thing, but you're hearing something else because he leaves all these weird pauses. Like, I love his intros. <laughs> they pop me every single fucking week because they make no sense. <laughs> consistency (laughs) consistency is key this is our number one as we head to the biggest week of the summer summer slam (laughs) (laughs) coming up this sunday of course the great american bash on pay-per-view call your cable operator yeah it's really fun uh larry zabisco does his awesome rimmer salute from red dwarf he is the (laughs) best uh, so they put over that Arn and Flair tonight are going to be wrestling two debut de- debutants 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 Liverpool centre back Joe Gomez <laughs> and the Renegade <laughs> uh, Joe Gomez and the Renegade as you say um, Larry goes Dumbo McMichael's is also going to be here <laughs> and then calls Macho Man Napoleon and I'm like this gets explained later because he's talking about you know. He's trying to command everyone. He's got the small man mentality with the NFL guys. But out of context, he knows that he wants to get this in. He's just like, ah, oh, Napoleon. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> oh, he wears hats. Nice. <laughs> so out of place. It was really, really odd, uh, but made me laugh. So I don't know. He's effective, I guess. Um, and, that, and, also that, and then they also recap Sting's altercation with the, as they kept on referring to as the interruption. Yeah, the so rude I, interruptions, I think you'll find. <laughs> I don't consider them rude. I consider them just interruptions. <laughs> That's why I thought it was really odd. They're like, oh, these rude interruptions. But I'm like, oh, all right, handbags at dawn. Like, come on, mate. <laughs> How uncouth of Razor Ramon. Absolutely. So they also put over the Giant is going to be wrestling... <clears throat> Do you know that one is fire and one is ice? Do I you, don't get it. Do you get it? I don't get it. No, I don't get it. <laughs> so Giant is going to be wrestling Scott Norton tonight for the title. If you've also s- added the name Flash <laughs> yeah. at some point during the show. We talked about this last week a little bit. It's like he's got too many gimmicks for a man that when he comes out has no gimmick. Because one man is Flash and one man is... Oh shit, that doesn't work. <laughs> one man is fire and one man is ice. <laughs> I tried to get Harriet to say this for a video to put out because I, I tried to get her to say, one is fire and one is ice. Get it? But she just said to me, one is fire, one was ice. Ice would melt. <laughs> I mean, how old is she? <laughs> three and a half. Yeah, she could get a three and a half, but like, you know, WCW, nah, never. So there's a moment here where Zabisco puts over that Scott Norton has a football mentality. And my reaction was like, so gay porn. <laughs> <laughs> if, if you're new to the podcast, you're listening to this for the first listening to this for the first time, you're gonna wanna w- listen to the last few NWO formation podcasts we've done to get these jokes, because there's gonna be a lot of them. Um I mean we th- we think we think they're funny. <laughs> uh, mate, 
I listened, I listened to our podcast back and actually popped myself a whole bunch last week, which I don't <laughs> usually do. I usually listen to it cringing, going, oh, I hate listening to myself, but whatever. Uh, replay of Hall and Sting segment that ended the last Nitro, available at worldwrestlingpodcast.com. You can still all our podcast there, but um, just subscribe on whatever you're listening to. Um, oh, yeah. And they put over, what is the big surprise that Scott Hall promised last week? We'll cake. find out tonight. I wish if, if you had cake, that'd be lovely. I love a bit of cake, but... Yeah, great, great opening segment again. Gets everything over, does what it needs to, you know. Yeah, take note, Monday Night Raw. Oh, <laughs> uh, we're on Peacock or something, but let's move on. <laughs> Did you see that plug this week? You didn't watch, do you? No, all, all, I, all I know is that on Peacock, they've got a Saved by the Bell remake. Oh, <laughs> a remake, you see. What's wrong with the yep, original? So, <laughs> so, so, Zach's the local mayor. No way. AC Slater, or what, what, like uh, Thingy Lopez, what's his name? I can't remember the actor's name. Uh, he's back as a sports coach. Mm. And the chick who was in, um, the one who did the nudie stuff, was it Tory Spelling? Sure. Oh, no, Elizabeth Berkeley. Uh, she's back. Screech is uh, in prison, so don't worry about him. He is, he is indeed. First up, our opening match to get the crowd going. We have got a, how to put it? A preview of the last, of the opening match for the last ever Nitro of Booker T versus Scott Steiner. And I'm like, yeah, right. Yeah, yes, please. I'd like to see these two wrestle in 96. Fucking A, they're just flying in the tag division. Love it. Two performers who, for one reason or other, depending on which performer you're talking about, one I love just because of their general aura, and one who is a very underrated wrestler. <laughs> which is Booker T. <laughs> I mean, I have big issues with both, both personally as such. But as wrestlers in this match, this is a shitload of fun. These two are good. It's sensible that they tried to build their company around these two, but unfortunately it was just four years too late. Yeah, absolutely. I don't understand why these two are not being looked at as potential main eventers in 96. Hogan. I guess I do understand. Oh, I guess I understand. I know the reasons why. Um, I, don't I mean, Hogan put the logic. You know, Hogan put Steiner over. Um, <laughs> just like he put Kidman over. Yeah, sure. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I can't wait to get to Kidman later. <laughs> wait, <laughs> spoilers. <laughs> so, a uh, bit weird. Opening match is face versus face, but let's just move on. Um, blah, 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 blah. Booker T's music. It's just so good. It is, I'm so happy they kept it right up until the last days of WCW because it's one of the best entrance musics of all time. Yeah, and just you see every single fan pop in the crowd and like we're in West Virginia here. They're not the most um hmm, tolerant modern. crowd. <laughs> modern <laughs> Look crowd. Look at us searching for words. They're fucking racist, is what it boils down to. <laughs> So when you hear this music and the fans are still I'm doing the hand pump up the ceiling motion, you know what I mean? It's 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 pretty cool that it just it gets over that quick. And Booker T is good enough to get them on their feet, you know. Even though they boo him when he gets to the ring. He's the heel. <laughs> He's fucking not. <laughs> He's in West Virginia. Yeah, absolutely. So uh Booker's cutting a promo to the camera on his way down to the ring. Really, really effective. And, uh, you know, Steiner comes out and we get a... Do, 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 
Mr. Red One Blue to his face. <laughs> Mad Light Sticks. Time is all great. Oh, it's just the best. <laughs> um, commentary put over. This is two tag guys going one on one. Um, there's some amazing reversals to start. All power moves, jumping over each other's shoulders, sliding underneath, hitting a power move. Great, great fun. There's a moment halfway through the match that I'm sure you had the same reaction I had, where Booker hits the axe kick, and I'm like, Ooh. oh, there's the finish! And he kicks out a two, and no one gives a shit, because that's not his finish at this time, which I completely forgot. I did expect that to be the victory. I thought, that's a quick match. I mean, it was yeah. quick anyway, but when he got the axe kick, I was like, bloody hell. <laughs> Commentary uh, chatting a lot about Scott Norton versus Giant. You know, Fire and Ice. Harlem Heat, Fire and Ice, do you get it? <laughs> But this is also after Booker stopped a Frankensteiner as well before he did the axe kick. Sure. So it's yeah, all yeah. great stuff. Holds the ropes to stop the Frankensteiner. Like, so Shivoni making up names for moves as the match goes on. It's really entertaining. He's no idea what the fuck they're called. Uh, Doesn't matter. Ne- never hold me as a commentator. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's a Tope Con Brie. I don't know. He's literally going, oh, Tower Saito. And you're like, what? <laughs> That's not the name of that move. <laughs> Uh, that's a that's a jumbo jumbotron moonsault. What are you doing? <laughs> uh, he tries to like say judo names for pro wrestling moves and stuff because he's plainly got Bischoff in his ear, being like, "Oh yeah, it's a side wheel kick." And you're like, "No, nah, dude, you just thrust kicked him in the face." Like there is a difference, <laughs> but whatever. Um, it's it's blatantly Bischoff. Bischoff talks about this on his podcast where he goes, "We tried to add a sense of realism, so we started using." more you know martial arts names for the moves rather than these kind of old school pro wrestling names and such what a lovely savot kick yeah exactly um so booker goes up top misses the splash uh belly to belly by steiner for kind of an underwhelming one two three and your winner is scott steiner um match great finish a bit of a flop to be totally fair but um yeah i enjoyed it scott plays up to the crowd a lot Booker ends up playing up the heel element a little bit by kind of raking the eyes and doing a few healy bits here and there. Nice touches put in, but I what I thought here was how important in WCW for Nitro as the ratings started getting getting sort of bigger and bigger, how important the cruiserweights were for that opening match to start hot. Sure. Because I thought this did the job. Oh, this was this was a great match, but if you think of some of the opening matches we've had so far, like last week we had Tenta and Big Bubba. Yeah, it starts off quite flat. Whereas this was a nice. <laughs> what do you break. mean? He came out and said, "I'm not a shark. I'm a man." <laughs> it was great. I've moved from tsunami, and I now live in Port Fort, Fort Lauderdale. <laughs> but it's yeah, it, it's it was a nice change, and also from our standpoint of knowing where these two ended up uh booker's here in the hall of fame and scott steiner still alive yeah exactly surprising how he looks in 96 jesus christ man this dude was doing a lot of weightlifting yeah that's the word so um the whole way through this night like the last few night shows there's kind of brief moments of like oh here's a bit of what's coming up or this is going to happen later tonight cut to the ads which is kind of cool and then it gets you motivated to kind of um tune back in i guess um, but I'm not going to go through all of them. But there is a brief NFL homoeroticism one here and a bit of a known racist Jimmy Hart promo. So just had to mention those. Uh, back from ads. Mean Gene is at the entranceway with Scott Steiner. They do love an interview, don't they? Got to pay Gene his wages. Got to earn his keep. So Scotty's talking away. I say talking. Obviously, he's shouting. He's Scott Steiner. 
Um, Deborah McMichael interrupts because she really needs to talk to me and Jean about her husband. And I'm like, husband? <laughs> I really need to speak to Mr. Oakland. <laughs> no, no, I'm just like, wait, 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 wait. Hang on. What's with all the homoeroticism if she's married? Like, this doesn't make any sense to me. It's fine. Got to have a trophy wife to keep it all secret. Keep it all locked in that cupboard with a blonde wife, Orison Zabisco, who started putting what can I be described as 80s references to women. <laughs> yeah, quite a lot of them as well, to be fair. So Deborah is worried that Stephen, I'm like, ah, Mongo's name is Stephen. <laughs> 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 May go a little crazy and hurt someone permanently. And I'm like, don't think we're any risk of that, mate. Well, to be fair, he might hurt someone permanently, but not like in a I mean, kayfabe sense. We haven't even touched on Scott Steiner allowing this interview to go ahead. It was like, yeah, uh, like Jean's like, I'm sorry, Scotty. This is and, and Scott Steiner goes, it's all right, Jean. She's clearly very upset. <laughs> Just walks away. <laughs> so odd. Mean Jean is going to talk to Bobby Heenan about calling the whole thing off, and I'm like, yeah, great, okay. First very odd segment of this show, like, I've enjoyed the last four or five weeks of this. This show is starting, well, last week started to take a bit of a downturn. This one is, hmm, it has moments of spectacular weirdness. I mean, this is we'll one get of to it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you cut back and Tony Schiavone just goes, I don't know what to say. <laughs> like... It's story of his life. Kind of your job to know what to say, Tony. (laughs) You're not meant to tell us that if you don't know what to say. Oh, so funny. So, next up, we've got a debuting Jim Powers versus Diamond Dallas Page. Uh, A bit of a page gear update. Got luminous green and purple gear. It's fucking gorgeous. Beautiful look for the self-high five. Yep, there is a match here. um, But the commentary (laughs) haven't noticed it because they are just constantly talking about the NFL and Horseman stuff. Um, there is a weird bit here, though, I want to run past you. I'm assuming you have <laughs> noticed this. <laughs> Shavoni briefly calls DDP the Lord of the Ring, right? Then, oh, of course, yeah. And then as he continues, he goes, Jim Powers may be the Lord of the Ring at any moment. If he wins, he'll face Marcus Bagwell at the Great American Bash. And I'm like, what, what, what? <laughs> Where did this come oh. from? Well, they they did get over as amongst the, the jazz about the NFL that the Lord of the Ring ring is on the line here and then it's on the line against Marcus Bagwell at the bash. I completely but, missed this. I was probably just ignoring the commentary because they were just going on about fucking Mongo again. But I get the impression a lot of this happened on Saturday night, WCW TV, yeah. where they've got this storyline because they'd made no mention of Bagwell versus Page on last week's Nitro. <laughs> I didn't know that, that was happening. All the rings happening. up for grabs. Had yeah. no idea that was happening. None at all. Last first time I got... Go on. Sorry, I was going to say, the first time I, I, I got wind of it was just commentary getting over that he'll go on to face Bagwell at the bash. Yeah. And then like this debuting Jim Powers who's fucking Roidy Magoo from the power plant where they just pack him full of roids and chuck him out on TNT. Here you go, mate. Go job. <laughs> oh, dearie me. Can we have a little conversation about Jim Powers selling, please? Well, before we get that, I just, <laughs> because I know a lot of people don't know about Jim Powers, so I've got a little clip from his Wikipedia page. Oh, do it. And his real name is uh, James Manley. And then it's in the description about him. 
Manley was born in Washington Heights, Manhattan, and grew up watching wrestling at Madison Square Garden. Is that it? <clears throat> yep. <laughs> Brilliant. I mean, obviously, it goes on about his professional career, and he was trained by Big John Studd. He was part of... Um, Blue was part of the Young Stallions. Let me have a quick look down his history. <laughs> okay. Oh yeah, that oh, famous stable, the Young Stallions. Yeah, yeah. And um, when Ro- Paul Rome went off to um, form Power and Glory, by looks of things that uh, that was it. <laughs> Brilliant. That was some cracking research, mate. I'm so happy you brought that to the pod. <laughs> Well, I just like the fact that this poor lad was uh, his only sort of little description of him was he grew up watching wrestling. Yeah, it's not great. Um, so he's quite short compared to DDP, especially. Like, I'm not massive by any means, so I can't really talk. But he's very, very wide, very, very muscly, and um, he has no fucking idea how to sell. He was trained by Big John Stud, so there's where the selling comes from. It's abysmal. <laughs> just genuinely look up this match just to see a description of how or not uh, an example of how not to sell because this is perfect it's absolutely terrible so diamond cutter hip thrust one two three and still question mark ddp <laughs> still the lord of everyone's ring <laughs> so post-match ddp makes the sign of the diamond with his hands did you catch this bang he did he did the bang for the i think the first time ever especially the first time on the podcast i've never seen him do it yet and barry scott went mental (laughs) i mean i do this a few times a week now so it's a gimmick that worked for him like he finally got a gimmick over you know (laughs) i'm i'm really glad the sillip bang gimmick i just threw it there didn't get over that disappointed me i i I skimmed over it because it was quite cheap to be (laughs) fair (laughs) as are all of my inverted commas jokes oh it's fine i'm tired and pissed off about elections i'm just carrying on well well it looks like trump's gonna get fucked off so maybe i'm not that angry about it these not that i'm just putting my political opinion out there fuck donald trump he's a big orange cunt bag so there we go Hey, leave the big tango man out of this. <laughs> oh, hang on. No, he was a different kind of orange man. Wasn't one of Morph's mates orange as well? Oh, yeah, he was. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> uh, we this get is quality pod material. Yeah, man. Fucking A. Um, so the same Benoit Sullivan Horseman demoted WCW Nitro video package thing. It's uh, Pillman's left. Yeah. This story makes fuck all sense, doesn't it, this one? Well, excuse me. Oh, Sorry, shit. I was holding off a sneeze and that went hideously wrong. Um, I mean, let's be honest. This We're never going to enjoy this video package and this storyline because of who it, who it involves and what happens in the real world. Yeah, I'm trying to um, suspend my real-life knowledge, I guess is the best kind of way to put it. And just kind of get invested into the storyline. And I, I think I know where the storyline's going because I know what the horseman ends up being in a few months or well, a few weeks maybe. It could be this weekend for fuck's sake. But quick quick side <sighs> on this. Yeah. Had Pillman not left and he carried on the feud with Sullivan, how different do you think Chris Benoit's WCW career could have been? Because hmm. obviously this feud with Sullivan really started, to, was essentially Benoit's coming out party. It's his first major feud that, as a wrestling fan, I was aware of. Plus then we had the whole thing that he spent time with Nancy in real life. Mm-hmm. Had this feud not gone ahead, had Pillman stayed, 
it just makes it made me think watching this thinking how different this and life could have been for Benoit had this feud not happened had Pillman not left yeah I think he was good enough in the ring and to be honest good enough promo his promo work and even at this time is still quality and it's very sporting and very athletic it's not like um an Eddie Guerrero where it's flamboyant and smart you know it's just A to B to C with Benoit but um beyond you know things he did later in life whatever he's fucking outstanding man no one can deny it well that that's that was more of the point rather than him as a wrestler because can you imagine had he not ended up with nancy what Mm. could have become of benoit who knows man difficult to say isn't it yeah so there's one moment in this video package that i had to point out where Sullivan tries to do the Undertaker rolling into the eyes into the back of his head thing. <laughs> but he looks constipated. <laughs> he can't do it. <laughs> so he goes to do it. And it just looks like he's looking up, trying to take a dump. And you're like, oh, mate, everything you do is shit <laughs> this time. When the Taskmaster bears down, <laughs> you know he's you're in trouble. <laughs> I think Sullivan might be one of the worst guys we've had to deal with on these five weeks of podcasting. Sullivan, my son! <laughs> yeah, I've even stopped doing that gimmick because it's like, I'm, I genuinely don't find his shit funny on these shows. It's just annoying. Gets in the way of all these young talent trying to come through, you know? Who would have thought that this person who had the ability to do booking at this time was putting themselves over mm. when you look at some of the talent who isn't on this card who's available on the roster and a not to be too disrespectful no, it's very much a bit pot kettle black but a rotund balding human being putting themselves in storylines at the expense of younger talent for the future fucking a so next up we have a special look at conan which is a brief Way. music video style package thing of conan doing spots love you conan thank you for the intro mate uh, mean Gene backstage with US champ Conan. It will be Conan versus El Gato. <laughs> Great American bash. Yeah, not Pat Tanaka. Not no, at all. No, not Pat Tanaka. Definitely El, not. El Gato. So my Spanish isn't very good, but El Gato. The cake? Obviously, must be. <laughs> <laughs> so they did bring cake to the show. <laughs> Bloody love it when people consider it and bring cake to the show. Um, it's it's just Conan going, yeah, we're going to have a match. It's, it's not great, but that's <laughs> what it is. Uh, he finishes with this line going, uh, he speaks in Spanish, by the way, which I thought was a nice touch. Um, and Conan finishes by going, El Gato, any apathy will lead to your demise. Whatever that fuck that means. <laughs> that will learn him. Yeah, absolutely. It's not with one of those insults. So you're like, hang on, did you just, what, what? <laughs> like... So if I'm nice to people, I'll be, I'll lose. Okay, so if I'm nice to you, I'll lose. I guess it makes sense. I mean, what what do you expect? But it's, it's, it's weird. You know, he's not talking about weakness or a skill set or anything. It's not exactly much of a dig, but I think I'm getting too caught up in this. Shivoni moves on and goes, oh yeah, also oh. got Rey Mysterio and Malenko for the Cruiserweight Strap of the Great American Bash. But don't worry, we've got other wrestling to talk about. I have just done a quick Google Translate from Spanish to English. El Gato is not the cake. Yes, so it is. Can... Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> it means, apparently, the cat. Oh, awesome. Which is less chocolatey and delicious. So, <laughs> the pussy. 
<laughs> Pat the Pussy Tanaka. <laughs> Zabisco, coming out of this segment, does probably the most racist line of the night, apart from like booing Booker T just because he's wrestling. I think every US title contender should have a green card. <laughs> oh, it's so good that Trump's on Nitro. Yeah. it it The way he says it makes it comical. I'm just going to say that. I'm not racist, but Zabisco is very, very funny. What a dry sense of humor slash uh, uh, an open window into his personal life. Yeah, sure. So next up, we've got Sting versus Meng. Uh, which you man see that? like Meng, <laughs> man like Meng, and it's like, hey Meng, yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say you've got Sting versus Meng, and he's like, is, is Scott Hall announcing the match and hasn't said the second name yet? <laughs> <laughs> Sting versus Meng, <laughs> yeah. Who versus who? Meng, yeah, yeah. Who Scott? Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, I could do this all night. This is great fun. Not to be confused if you get it too wrong. Go, hey. Paul Heyman. <laughs> Fucking hell, that's a that's a deep dive. So uh red, <laughs> white, and blue running through his face, man. Called Sting. Steiners are great. I'm getting that over. Commentary are working so hard to get the matches for Great American Bash over to the point where it starts to get pretty distracting during these matches. You're watching a commercial, aren't you, really? Yeah, very much so. And you can understand why. They want people to buy the pay-per-view. It's a big deal for them. They've got, they know what's coming up in the recent storylines. They know they've got some attention. So you can understand why. My favourite thing, despite the commentary, was watching Meng do a small package. Yeah, there's a few odd moments in this where, I mean, the match starts and Meng just beats the shit out of Sting. <laughs> it's like, dude. That's our top guy. Can you not fucking bruise up his face in the first three seconds of your match? Meng went backstage and said, hey, kid, I'm wearing black tights. Don't <laughs> copy me. And Sting came out in his black tights and Meng was like, fucking hell, Sting. Yeah, could be, man. Another man called Steve. <laughs> As the match continues and um, referee Nick Trousers... Oh, fuck, I fucked up that line. Referee Nick Patrick's trousers are keeping his nipples warm. There you go. Referee, referee Nick Trousers. Referee <laughs> Nick Trousers. There we go. Commentary start putting over that it's going to be Sting versus Regal. And then they start to compare it to the NFL Sexy Time Team versus the Horseman match. <laughs> I really wish they'd be called Sexy Time Team. Can you imagine Baldrick on fucking Real Time Team? <laughs> going, oh, welcome to Sexy Time Team. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to I'm going to get out my special brush now. <laughs> Welcome to Sexy Time Team. <laughs> oh, I used to love Time Team. I'd watch it every Sunday after the rugby. It was great. <laughs> Do you want to talk uh, about Time who... Team instead of wrestling? Because I mean, <laughs> everyone loves like a an archaeological dig, and that's what we had to do to find Meng's carcass at the end of this match. Do you know what the best episode of Time Team? <laughs> The best ep- the best episodes of Time Team is the one where they dig like fifty different trenches in the field and they found absolutely fuck all. <laughs> it's got great TV. Tony Robinson sitting there going, "Yeah, we did a lot of digging for this hour of television on Channel Four. We didn't find fucking anything, but you know, did some digging. <laughs> it's like this is the best. Simon burst a water main. Does that count? <laughs> Southern water and livid. 
all the ones where they found like you know a thimble and they're like yeah used to be a medieval village here <laughs> stone age village definitely you hang on tony didn't you just drop didn't you just drop something in that trench no <laughs> that not not that thimble no oh so good so um you know how heels are meant to be bad guys and they're meant to cheat and they're meant to lie and faces are meant to be good guys and they're meant to uphold modern values but you know a bit of an anti-hero thing here and there to keep the fans interested and give them some edge <laughs> and some competitive nature do you want to talk about this finish i would like to state categorically um that this outlook is replicated now for the rest of the evening <laughs> Sting basically crotches our good friend Heming and Wait, who? puts him in the foot. I know you're doing a Scott Hall impression, but who's who's Sting wrestling? Meng. Yeah, what Scott? Meng. Scott, who's he wrestling? <laughs> Haku. <laughs> oh, Haku. Yeah, yeah. I like that guy. He's awesome. Doesn't he have a different name in WCW? Hey, Meng. Yeah, yeah, Scott. Yeah, doesn't he have a name? <laughs> Okay, I'll stop. I'll stop doing it. <laughs> but yeah, but so basically, he crotched him. Face crotches the heel. Scorpion Deathlock. Can he do that, Joey? Yeah, fucking a man. So he crotches him. Meng's literally on the floor, like going, "Oh my balls!" And things like, "Right, Scorpion Deathlock time." <laughs> like what? And he didn't even t- turn him over. Like Meng's lying on his tummy, <sighs> and Sting's just like, "Oh, I'm, this is the half-assed Scorpion Deathlock I've ever done." Yeah. Remember these finishes, chaps, because, you know, it's not the last time <laughs> we'll see a weird who's the face, who's the heel dynamic here. And I know it's coming into Attitude Era NWO stuff and things are changing and that, but, like, God damn it, man. This is not how you book a face. Makes After this no finish, Meng's sense. going through the bloody change. Jeez. Yeah, absolutely. So, we get um, some brief promo stuff, like Blue Bloods against everyone. It's, uh, it's pretty fun stuff, to be honest, but, yeah, let's move on. Uh, mean Gene backstage with Bobby Heenan and Deborah McMichael. They love an interview. Heenan puts over, oh, this segment, fuck me. Heenan puts over that Deborah has been talking to Flair all night, all week long. Sorry, I got it wrong. <laughs> Every night of the week. <clears throat> and goes, follow me, Tuts. <laughs> like, oh, Bobby. <laughs> then, as Deborah goes into the Horseman locker room, Ric Flair drops his pants. I mean, <laughs> you don't screams. see it, but she's screaming. Bobby Heenan slams the door into the camera's face as such. Deborah runs away from what seems to be intended, at least, as a sexual harassment of some sort by Flair. Arn and Flair follow Deborah out as she runs past the camera, beat up two random guys who are hanging outside that happen to be their opponents for their match later of Renegade and Joe Gomez. <laughs> like, well, in fairness, Renegade and Joe Gomez, centre-back for Liverpool, were spying on Flair and Anderson. Oh, is that so what only fair they got be? Being, okay. No, that's just how I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> I'm justifying the heel technique. Hey, don't spy on us. We're trying to sexually abuse a woman here. Dude, what the fuck is this segment? Um, Rapey. It's super creepy. It's super rapey. And then the way they pay it off is as Deborah runs away. They're like, 
oh, look, it's the guys we're meant to be wrestling tonight. Let's beat the shit out of them. <laughs> like, it's not like they walked past and oh, they well, saw Red, them in Renegade. the hallway. They were just waiting outside the locker room, ready to be beat up. I get the impression that, like, Renegade and, and Homez were supposed to be sort of looking after Deborah. I think they were supposed to be like, hey, toots, are you okay? Dude, you are reaching so far right now. Where have you got that from? My theatre studies A-level. Oh, stop justifying this bollocks. This is terrible. This is awful. How, how dare you? How dare you? A woman scream after seeing Flair's wang? That's gold. <laughs> it's the, because do you know why? Because she's what she actually was shown was just pictures of Kevin Green and Mongo doing it. Uh, maybe, was, man. And, that would be a better story, and, to be fair. And finally, she's realised that her cash cow has run dry. <laughs> they just played the promo from last week. I'm like, look! <laughs> and she's like, oh no! <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. So our next match of the evening is Jim Duggan. Yay! Versus oh. Squire Dave Taylor. David Taylor, I should say. With Jeeves Gahivas, however Dusty wants to pronounce it. <clears throat> Um, do, could you want, do you want to go for the reason why this match is happening? <laughs> I mean, because last week Dave Taylor grabbed the 2x4 that Face Duggan yep. was going to use on Regal, was it? Yep. Oh, Basically, Squire David Taylor said, no, this isn't how wrestling should be booked, and Duggan took offence to it. <laughs> when Hacksaw comes out, Zabisco drops another absolute banter line. He fucking hates Hacksaw. He goes, he's still looking for his IQ, I think. <laughs> like, that's so funny. Right, so commentary tell us that Liverpool centre-back Joe Gomez and the Renegade have been replaced by the t- in their tag match tonight. So it's now going to be Flair and Arn against Luger and Sting, who just wrestled. And by the way, it's also for the tag team titles. Because... A, a chasing and accosting blonde women and attacking your opponents gets you a title shot in WCW. Exactly. I mean, why wouldn't it? Right? Well, that this is the only last bit of face mentality on this bloody show. We're, <laughs> we're honourable good guys. We will always put our titles on the line. There won't be anything shady happening in the main event. <laughs> Again, the logic of these segments. Like this, this, These nitros have been a lot of fun. These last few segments, fucking hell, man. They are dumb as fuck. This is ridiculous. Yeah. So, um, (laughs) this match is very short. Duggan tapes up his hand with just normal wrist tape. Punches Dave Taylor. Dave Taylor flops. Can you do that, Joe? He's a face. (laughs) Sure. Dave Taylor flops like a... I mean, it's not like he's putting knuckle dusters on. He's just wrapping tape around his hand. Is that meant I mean, to be was it, like was it gaffer masking scotch tape? Oh, Who knows? lethal scotch tape! Fucking hell! <laughs> Someone needs to do that if I ever call wrestling again. If we ever get wrestling shows back in the pandemic, there's a cheesy hardcore match. Oh my god, not the scotch tape! Not the scotch tape! Oh, he's using the edge against his fingers. Ah, <laughs> what a maneuver! <laughs> so Hacksaw with his taped up fist. I mean, I say taped up. He's wrapped it around like three times. It's barely on his fucking hand. He punches Dave Taylor, who, to be fair to him, sells it like a boss. For the one, two, three. Wrestling. Perfect sense. Don't know what the problem is with this. Your winner is Hacksaw. Uh, oh. At this point, I've literally just written down a note that says, 
what happened to WCW that we were really enjoying for the past four weeks? I mean, if you look, read between the lines, we enjoyed Eddie versus Flair, and we both love homoeroticism. <laughs> yeah, you've got a point. But the storylines were there, like the way that Scott Hall came through the crowd, and the way they were developing that story, like, you know... The last couple of nitros, including this one, I'll point out, we have to wait for the very last little moment. It's not like they're telling the story through the show. But they're getting people to, to stay till the end. That's that's the hook. If they gave <sighs> us it makes too much. For boring two hours of television though, didn't it? But it made you want to watch the next week? Uh, maybe. And it made people want to get to the bachelors we'll get to when we get to the main, but But they're not even talking about that. They're, they're constantly talking about NFL homoeroticism and the horsemen, like it's the most important thing in the world. And I, they're not I, allowed to talk about the main event stars until we get the spooky pirate at 53 minutes when we go to the second hour. <laughs> okay, fair enough. So, Dean Malenko is awesome video package that also has a few clips of Mysterio wrestling in Mexico. I say wrestling, he's just next to the ring in Mexico. They've blatantly found some stock footage on, like, you know, YouTube's back end or something and just, just stuck it in there. They try to rip off AAA and go like, copyright's not uh, not a problem in Mexico, so yeah. we're going to steal your footage in the Americas. Yeah. Again, I'm really looking forward to that match because you know they're just going to blow the roof off the place, but yeah, not building it very well, let's put it that way. Well, as, again, like cruiserweights, like we've seen with Conan's challenges, but Dean Malenko versus Ray Jr., cruiser match. Here's a quick question, though. So they're hyping it that it's going to be Malenko versus Mysterio for the cruiser title. Mysterio hasn't debuted in WCW yet, so why does he get a title shot? Yeah, I mean, I think they're tr- they're meant to be building up like, oh, this is the greatest potential luchador from Mexico. You know, who you're going to put him up against our oh, greatest guy, and I think that was the plan. But they've just got other priorities, you know. Yeah. Good thing we get another promo next. <laughs> <laughs> mean Gene is backstage with shock horror, Big Bubba, the boss man, still in non-uniform the fuck <laughs> undercover he's been promoted <laughs> and known racist jimmy harp Bubba is still hanging on to sharky's hair i'm like it's a bit creepy mate it's been like three weeks and he's carrying around a dude's hair with you what and again another another pot kettle black promo <laughs> tent is fat right Bubba? chill yeah. out i mean good heels are meant to lie right so it works yeah, but you're fat shaming a 23 year old who's gone bald. <laughs> <laughs> um, this shit was shot in 1996. This promo is stuck in 1986. 24 years later, this has not aged well. <laughs> nah. I like Boss Man. Um, this was dreadful. Jimmy Hart is the worst, by the way. I mean, don't worry, don't worry, listener. Because it's going to get better. It's going to get better. Because, as you all know, one of them was once called fire. <laughs> one of them's ice. Do you get it? <laughs> so, Mean oh. Gene, back at the entranceway again, introduces Scott Norton. I'm like, they fucking love doing these segments with Mean Gene. Every other fucking segment is Mean Gene talking to someone. It's unbelievable how often they do it. I love a narrator. <laughs> Can you imagine if Mean Gene was just narrating the show? That would be entertaining, at least. Not to be overly um, yuppie. Uh, are you familiar with the musical Condeed? Uh, no, you've brought this up a few times, so it's obviously obviously significant to you, but no. But again, it's just the whole musical is just has a narrator on the side of the stage covering 
essentially what's going on and explaining the shit that's happening. So essentially, this is what WCW is. It's a very good musical. Hmm. It had music segments and like, you know, like a Roald Dahl-esque narration. Oh, be delightful, wouldn't it? And then Scott Norton was fire. <laughs> and his friend, Iceman King Parsons. No, not Iceman King Parsons. What do we call him? Ice Train King Parsons. There you go. Ice Train King Parsons <laughs> was ice. And they were all oh, fire and ice. Do you get it? Do you get it? <laughs> uh, but anyway, so blah, 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 blah. Norton does shouting over footage from last week. Giant choke slamming Norton, etc., etc. Norton heads to the ring. The dynamite countdown clock is back because duh, 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 it takes fucking forever <laughs> to count down while Norton is just in the ring, just like going, yep, I'm here. I'm ready to go. We're wasting a minute of television time here. And we finally get this countdown of this little dynamite clock thing going five, four, three, two, one. It's the second hour of Nitro Pyro time. Yay! I, I don't get it. I was going to say, well done for <laughs> clarifying. It was the second hour of Nitro Pyro time as opposed to the actual start of the second hour. Yeah, we're like 53 minutes in again. This is what they do every week, right? Yeah, let's be honest. It's just because Tony and Larry refuse to work a full hour. Yeah, I mean, there's some sort of like workers' rights thing there, right? <laughs> if they don't work the full hour, we can pay them less. Exactly. There's some kind of work directive in WCW up at like Turner Broadcast. It's like we don't if they don't go for the full hour, they don't qualify for the bonus and they can't <laughs> have the free lunch. Eric Bischoff and Bobby Heenan are here to guide us through the second hour of this travesty of a wrestling show. <laughs> Eric Bischoff welcomes us to the second hour. Wow. Hello everybody and welcome. Welcome to the hottest two hours each and every Monday night. WCW Nitro here on TNT. Not his most creative intro. No, and he didn't put in creative stops to refer to it as World Championship Wrestling. Yeah. WCW. Or say, let's Nitro. get it rocking, <laughs> like Shivoni does at the beginning, which is fun. As he dropped the beats at the disco hall. <laughs> let's get it rocking. <laughs> Uh, Bish puts over. Sorry, Bish puts over that they've reinvented live television. All right, sucking your own dick there, Bischoff. But anyway, uh, Giant comes out to the Dungeon of Doom music. Finally, after like you know five minutes of Norton just walking around the ring, uh, Giant's pyro doesn't go off. So him and Jimmy just stand there and go, uh, <laughs> and then kind of quietly just move on to the ring. It's brilliantly awkward. I loved it. Or maybe deliberate to start showing that the giant's getting angry. What do you mean? Well, you know, he gets quite angry at the end of this segment. Yeah. Maybe this was the catalyst that made him lose his mind. Don't know about that one. But okay. Again, reaching deep to try and make sense of Nitro because <laughs> I've enjoyed it so far. So much so far. So this is our WCW World Heavyweight Championship match of the giant, the current champion with known racist Jimmy Hart versus... One is fire, one is ice. Do you get it? Scott Norton? Yay! Flash Scott Norton. So, you know how heels <laughs> are meant to cheat and be dickheads? And faces are meant to, you know, be good guys and uphold, you know, blah, blah, blah. So, Norton, being the face here, 
Attacks show from behind. Boo. Rakes his eyes on the outside. Boo. Show picks him up. Choke slams him on the outside. And I'm like, so he's learned. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can do it on the floor. Fucking A. He's suddenly discovered that this is actually a maneuver that works for him. And also, can he do that, Joey? But ref didn't seem to mind too much. Um, This was significantly more brutal than the Rick Steiner one last week. Yeah, that's because, you know, Steiner's respected. <laughs> yeah. He, like, giant show, whatever, picks Scott not up above his head and chokeslams him on the fucking concrete floor. I'm like, oh, that looked painful. I, I, I speculated, so in my notes, I, I thought this might have been a bit of a receipt because Norton went for him. Yeah. It's almost like Norton's trying to prove that I am tougher than you, even though you're much taller than me. And Giant was like, you're a prick, mate. I always thought of Scott Norton as quite a big lad. He is half the size of Paul Whitehead. Yeah, and he launched him for that choke slam. Yeah, he fucking killed him. So in about two minutes, he rolls him back in for the one, two, three. So in about two minutes, and still Giant. And um, considering all the bullshit we had to do where, you know, Scott Norton buried humorous, and then we got to this, and uh, after being beaten up and all this sort of stuff, it just feels like a bit of a waste of time, doesn't it? Especially as Fire and Ice are going against the Steiners on a pay-per-view match. So Ice Train, King Parsons, already has been squashed by the Giant, and now Scott Norton's been beaten up twice by the Giant in the last two weeks, and they're going in to face the Steiners to try and be on an even playing field. What a great way to make them look strong. Yeah, like, I've got no problem with the Giants squashing people. He's the champ. He's fucking massive. He's astonishingly agile for a guy that big. But ah, uh, this just didn't do much for me. What can I say? So, um, and and another another sign that the heavyweight championship isn't in the main event picture. Yep, absolutely. So, uh, Luger runs out, attacks Giant from behind because you know he's a face, and un you know unprovoked. Absolutely. Well, Giants run out and attacked him previously. Not this week. Not this week, but on previous Nitros he has. So it's kind of a it's receipt. Like, it's like, fucking hell, Luke. Get, Luger, get over it. <laughs> so, I mean, it doesn't go well for him because <laughs> Giant goes to chokeslam Luger through Ric Flair's VIP area, which is still there that Rick didn't even acknowledge on his way to the ring earlier. But Luger, being the face, low blows Giant and then legs it. <laughs> Like you I'm, fucking you pussy! You've literally tonked it. He tonked him with the champagne bucket as well. What a pussy fucking piece of shit! What what <laughs> what he's meant to be? Like yeah, there is a, a thing that he might be turning heel or whatever. Like is he the third man, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But in this situation, he's meant to be the face, right? I'm correct in thinking that. Yeah, but they're going with this whole thing that. The giant can feel no pain, but it turns out a kiss, stiff kick in the nuts and twatting around the head <laughs> of a champagne bucket can make him show pain. Which then led to the most stupid moment of, of this show, and there have been some pretty stupid ones. So Luger runs to the back, and Giant starts losing his shit as other members of the Dungeon of Doom come out to try and calm him down. Big Show goes after Luger, but doesn't notice Luger actually hasn't gone through the back and he's just gone over to commentary and starts spouting off going, oh, I know you feel pain, Giant. I know you feel pain. But like, Big Show's just buggered off 
Fuck it, he's to his left. <laughs> he's on commentary and on the big screen. And Giant's going, where is he gone? And just buggers off. Yeah, it's, it's really fucking stupid. And to be fair, like, you know, Luger kicks him in the bollocks and hits him with the champagne bucket. Show barely sells it. And Luger's talking on this promo, like, one for you, one for me. I now have got you back. Because I kicked you with the balls and legged it. <laughs> like, what? Rochambeau, motherfucker. <laughs> We didn't even let him punt him back. <laughs> That's because he was down. Because he Fucking feels pain. Hell. This Luger character is dog shit every single week, man. Like, I stand by my statements. I think Luger's one of the worst of all time. But but he once slammed Yoko on a boat. So. <laughs> Fuck all that shit. Holy shit. One, two, three kid. Billy Kidman's here. <laughs> <laughs> Looks exactly like park man looks so similar it's hilarious it was ridiculous at uh, uh, first glance i thought who's this young whippersnapper and then it just clicked to me it's like geez that's kidman that's the man that hogan definitely will put over in a few years time <laughs> yeah 2000 here we come oh fuck so is this kidman's debut i think it is right though again they seem to be get. oh no no they were saying this might be um a rematch from saturday night Oh, so it's, it's maybe his Nitro debut because he looks so young. He looks like he's about 12 years old. Yeah, he's he's certainly not been to the power plant. No, he is not full of roids and chucked out on Nitro, you know. Um, So, oh yeah, he's wrestling Stephen Regal, by the way. Fucking A. Regal fucks up Kidman. Kidman gets a few hope spots in. Regal does give him something. Kid- Kidman goes up for a 450. He gets a lot of distance on this 450. He's beyond halfway through the ring. like He's a fucking long way across. Regal locks in a <clears throat> lion tamer. And you're like, oh, I've never seen you do this before. Armbar. <laughs> Kidman taps. So you'll win a Stephen Regal. Match is about what two, three minutes. It's it's kind of fun. One minute, yeah, one minute. It's not long. It's kind of fun, but yeah, poor Billy Kidman. Got to get with Tory eventually. So I'll I'm I'm sure it's chock it off as a life experience. Fair point. Sting runs out, backhands Regal in the face. Brilliant receipt. Hang on, is, is it <laughs> Sting a face? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair point. Uh, Regal's sell of this backhand to the face by Sting, the receipt from last week. It's genius, man. It looks like he's about to cry in frustration and fury. I can't wait to see this. Yeah. Regal versus Sting. In fairness, Regal has been the best character on this show and all these Nitros we've watched so far. Apart from the NWO formation stuff, like, absolutely. He's oh, but that's what I'm saying. From, that, from an in-ring fair. character, yeah, you're right. Flair's been a lot of fun, apart from the like sexual assault bit. Brit rest, right? <laughs> so we get a, speaking of which, we get a brief nasty boy shouting at the camera moment, which leads to a match. Tax, go on. You can announce this piece of fucking dog shit. At this point, this is going to be the longest match we have of the evening. We have the public enemy of Johnny Grunge and Rocco Rock. Yeah, not the uh, good Johnny ones. Grunge, <laughs> Johnny Grunge, who's broken his hand the day, previous day. Yeah. Um, 
taking on those technical wizards, the Nasty Boys. Jesus Christ, mate. If there's people I don't like in wrestling, I think these four are pretty much top of that list. What's really nice is that they're at least trying to bring, bring through untalented wankers who have good physiques through roids rather than these four fuckwits. <laughs> I'm finding myself just complaining this week, um, but this was dreadful, really, really bad. Um, a lot of the match is in this terrible kind of not picture in picture, but we get two little screens in the bottom quarters of the screen with constant like animated flames in the background, which kind of gave me a bit of a seizure as I was watching it. Bischoff saying, "We don't want, we can't keep the action just to one camera." Yeah, fucking shitty split screen it, it's really not fun to watch um I, I mean my notes pretty much consist of like bish and heenan's blah bish and heenan basically agree with me that this is a terrible match because they spent the whole time chatting about the nfl happy boy lovers team versus the horsemen <laughs> sexy time team <laughs> i've got a collection of names so i'm just gonna get them all in all right so <laughs> <laughs> uh, to be fair to them Bischoff and Heenan are kind of funny because there's one point where Bischoff talking about Mongo getting angry he goes it will be ugly just like this match <laughs> <laughs> they tried to get over that this match just can't be contained it's going to be all over the place which is fine until it turned into a normal tag match yeah Exactly. No one can control these guys unless they're not holding onto those tag ropes. I remember writing notes about like, oh, walk and or brawl, but it only lasts for a few minutes and they just do a normal fucking tag match and it's just, you know, public enemy are shit and the Nazis are the epitome of cunty wrestlers. They're just stiff and untalented from what I can tell. And you could tell they were getting like their shots in. And th- if the fact that this match opened with an Irish whip where knobs Irish whipped like Johnny Grunge into Sags standing at the side of the ring. It's like, fucking hell, yeah. this is the cluster. Have you ever heard uh, Kurt Angle tell a story about the Nasty Boys? No, I haven't. He talks about this story about the Nasties being in a bar and basically like, you know, groping women and like female wrestlers and stuff. And, ah, Brit Wrestling. And Kurt Angle standing up to them and being like, yo, get the fuck off her or whatever. And then later in the hotel room, they basically turned off the lights and like smacked Kurt Angle over the back of the head with a toaster and beat the shit out of him. And I'm just like, fuck the nasty boys, man. They seem like utter scumbags. But you know, Brian Nobbs is Hogan's mate. Yeah, exactly. Fuck that guy too. So, Rock's amazing what happens when you keep these good crowds of people around you. <laughs> yeah, fucking A, man. So, Rocco grabs a rubbish bin to no avail, gets cut off because the nasty boys don't give them fucking anything. Heenan mocks this match on commentary constantly. Thank you, Heenan. Thank you, thank you, thank you. (laughs) All four lads are wrestling underwater by the end of the match. It's embarrassing how fucking shot they are. Like, let's let's talk about the finish, shall we? While we're in picture in picture, so you can not picture, split screen. Split screen makes it sound like you can see two at once, but it's not. It's in the bottom corners, so you've got this crappy fucking animated flame shit. Rocco goes up top. Sag smashes the rubbish bin over the Rocco. The ref calls for the bell. And I'm like, oh, thank God this is over. And then before they get a chance to announce it, Nobbs, being a massive fucking cunt, leans over the top rope with this rubbish bin and full force just smacks it over Rocco's back of his head. You're like, you cunt. 
You did not need to do that in any way, shape, or form. And you can tell Rocco is fucking furious about it. Yeah. Because he doesn't sell it. He turns around and just lobs the bin back at Nobs. And you're like, oh, the unprofessionalism on show. Fucking hell, boys. Absolutely despicable. Despicable human beings. Fucking A. What a pile of shit this was. Speaking of piles of shit. <laughs> we get the same. He's got the red, white, and blue being racist to you. Bah, bah, bah. Remember, kids, it's okay to be racist as long as you don't get caught. <laughs> Brother. Tax. Are you ready? I am ready. I am steady. You've got to remember, okay? This is really important life advice. You've got to penetrate in the back. In the back, baby. <laughs> Had I penetrated in the back, I'd be a lot wealthier and sleep a bit better. <laughs> Here comes Mongo. Uh, it's time for another NFL homoeroticism pre-tape. It's just This is what we're all here for, everyone. Oh. Let's be honest. This is the only reason why we listen to this podcast. Okay, so last week was one of the greatest segments I've ever experienced. It's going in the outro, okay? <laughs> You've got to penetrate in the back, baby. In the back. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> Whatever Mongo's response was. So good. That's going in the outro. Uh, recap of last few, the last few segments from the last few weeks. But the music it's set to is fucking so funny. It's like this comedy hillbilly, like, ding, 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 ding. It's just like, oh, what the fuck? They're just taking the piss out themselves now. Man like Sting. Man like Sting. Stein is our great red, white, and blue. Oh, it's so <laughs> fucking good. So, Macho Man bursts into this homoeroticism gay porn set and he has three bits of advice for the NFL lads. Lube up. <laughs> I wish, I fucking wish. Can you imagine? <laughs> Macho just joined in and was like, yeah, got to penetrate in the back, baby. Got to be careful with those Slim Jims. <laughs> Fuck me, man. So his three bits of advice are you've got to learn the ropes as he grabs the ropes. Hey, puns. <laughs> his, I wrote this. <laughs> his second bit of advice was you can't be too intense. They're like, oh, that's macho all over. It's great. And his third bit of advice is your opponent doesn't want power and strength coming his way. Like, should have watched the last match. <laughs> so... After these sound advice, I heard like you know, Macho training these guys how to be pro wrestlers and gave them these three bits of advice. And I thought, I'll reach out to our lovely friend, Coach Wicked. He's a pro wrestling trainer. What does he think about these bits of advice? <laughs> His response was, Hmm, if you're too intense, you might shit yourself. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> unfortunately that is the whole segment we get very uh reduced nfl homoerotism this week which is a shame <laughs> i thought matt's advice was good <laughs> you're too Sound intense advice. you shit yourself I'm like oh fair point never thought about that at this stage i have never shat myself in a, in a wrestling ring which means clearly i'm not intense enough yeah, there you go i want does matt shat himself 
I don't know, that wasn't a deliberate like, sideways comment. Probably the sort of thing that I'm going to message you and go, Matt, quick question. Yeah, he messaged me saying that he's uh, been furloughed from his new job for a little bit. So he's going to listen to all these pods. So when he gets to this bit, I expect a message being like, yes, yes, I have. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, when we come back from this segment, uh, we cut back to Bischoff and Heenan. Like Bischoff's trying to put this over like a serious wrestling segment. But he corpses himself on commentary. He can't stop laughing. He just can't hold it together. It's it's genius, man. It's really, really funny. This is, though, it's funny watching Bischoff enjoy his own stupidity of what we've just seen. But this is the thing that started to really turn the irritation for me, for Bischoff at the end of the... I mean, it'd been annoying for the last hour of the show anyway, before we got to the main event. Yeah. Just, it was too much... I found it was funny to start with, but then it just was on and on and on. Yeah, he doesn't give a shit about any of these segments in reality. All he cares about is that what's going to happen in four weeks' time in that pay-per-view. Because he knows yeah, it's going to make the company, basically. And also make himself look strong. Book him strong because he knows he's in the hottest angle. Yeah. I mean, he's got a point. Yeah. He's got that red, white, and blue color, man, because Sting Stein is our great. Our WCW World Tag Team title is our main event match of Lex Luger and Sting, the current champions, versus two of the four horsemen of Arn Anderson and Ric Flair with Miss The Elizabeth. other horses are ring, ringside in Elizabeth and Woman. Careful now. So as Flair comes to the ring, he goes to the camera and goes, you know what they say, macho man, lonely women make great lovers. Woo! You're like, ah, oh, it's nice to have you back, Rick. Good stuff. He's not wrong. I mean, Flair in pink and shiny purple again. God, he looks good, doesn't he? Everything about this Flair character, it's yucky. It's, it's cringeworthy. It's supposed to make your skin crawl. But at the same time, be like, I bloody love you, Rick Flair. Absolutely, man. So we get a close up of these WCW tag titles on the telly, and you know my eyes start <laughs> to burn. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking ugliest sin. Flair is wearing red again for the second time in a week, and I was like, "Did he forget to pack the other trunks? Is that why he's wearing red every week?" He's been too busy being with Mongo's wife. <laughs> Deborah doesn't let him go home. Wait. Flair bounces around, slaps Sting in the chest. Slair, Sting, blah, 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 blah. let me say that again. Flair bounces around the ring, slaps Sting in the chest, like, hey, come on there, buddy. Sting immediately shoves Rick to the floor. The crowd pop. So simple. So brilliant. Oh, these two are just perfect in the ring together. Just the way Flair bumped off that. <laughs> he just got shoved, just goes, boom. Yeah. Straight down. And it's like they've it's like they've been in the ring so often together, even by ninety six point this point already, that they just know how to work against each other. It's it's I can't express delight to watch how much fun it is watching Sting and Flair wrestle at this point. I know we've said in previous podcasts where you get the standard Ric Flair experience, but it's really nice that you can tell, as you said, how much that Sting and Flair have worked together that at times Flair lets Sting just go with it he's like you call yeah, it yeah, and sure. we'll do this so then you get those slight differentials when you see sting and flair it's really nice touch to have yeah the way sting occasionally just refuses to sell for flair and then flair just oversells for sting like the the context of those two things happening is oh it's so much fun um 
Bischoff and Heenan will not stop chatting about this NFL Twinks and Twonks Team 2000. <laughs> Quite proud of that. Well one. played, Techno Team 2000. <laughs> nice, nice touch. Thank you. Uh, versus the two, two of the four horsemen. Uh, start is a bit messy in this match, but Flair getting Luger's strength over. You know, he flops around from all sorts of stuff, doing Flair things. Um, there is one thing I noticed that Flair. I forgot about this. That Flair has this massive lump on his back. Do you see this? Is is it Arn? <laughs> <laughs> if Arn was a shitty wrestler, that'd be a funny joke. It's still funny, but no, definitely not. No, it's like he's got a giant abscess on his back or like something like that. I read, I looked it up actually. And uh, there's a few people talking about how Flair was in that plane crash. Maybe it was some big calcium deposit on his back or maybe a oh, really? big cyst or something oh, okay. like that. But no definitive answer as far as I can tell. But I couldn't stop staring at it. He's just got this giant like, you know, fist-sized lump in his back and i'm like jesus christ mate you're bumping like a boss that must be pretty fucking painful i imagine and even when you mentioned it because it's one of those things that i tend to forget i always forget flair was in a plane crash yeah me too actually until i started looking it up but yeah no he's uh was quite badly hurt as well as far as i remember impressive son of a gun so sting i'm sorry sting and luger get over over flair basically on tags in Flops round for Lex. <sighs> Lex tags the sting and Arn sells it like Trump just asked to have a private chat with his underage daughter. <laughs> oh, crikey. Politics. I got one in there. I had to. I couldn't help it. <laughs> 26 women must be wrong, right? Yes. <laughs> he just grabbed her by El Gato and off he went. <laughs> Grabbed it by the cake. (laughs) (laughs) I'm back, baby. So uh, some classic Sting Flare spots. It's so enjoyable to watch those two wrestle. And then Lex kind of gets involved. (laughs) 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 I just just don't get it. Um, Lex is but you get fire and ice, right? Because one of them's fire and one of them's ice. Oh, I see. Yeah, but do you get it? But who was who uh, was that guy wrestling earlier against? Like you know that, that guy with Scott Hall and Oh, Flash. Oh, yeah, <laughs> Flash Meng. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> <laughs> all right. Why some kind of Flash Meng? <laughs> so <laughs> that's what they called Tamatonga. <laughs> right, Flash Meng. <laughs> Mate, Tama, we sorted your new gimmick for New Japan, mate. When you come to the Fed, you know? <laughs> Flash Meng, that's who I'll be. Fuck me. Oh, I said no one when they're around Donald Trump. So <laughs> Other than Melania. Oh, like she ever said it. She's fucking prostitute for wife, isn't she? Anyway, so. Uh, moving on. Lex, I mean, dude, come on. Seriously. The fucking president of the United States have a fucking haul for a wife. It's unbelievable. Hey, their love is pure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's not creepy old As fucking... pure as the legitimacy of his tax returns. <laughs> oh, God, I'd like to get more into this, but fuck it, let's finish this show off. So, um, Lex, you know, is he the third man? Spots. Um, arguing with the ref that lets Arn interfere on multiple occasions. Uh, one time, Sting has Flair rolled up, and Lex is still arguing with, with the ref. Pointing at the pinfall, going something, something, something to the ref. And I'm like, oi, dum-dum, get the fuck out of the ring and you might win. 
<laughs> what the fuck, man? Lex is the stupidest. And maybe he's trying to get over that he might be turning heel soon. Not that I know what's going to happen, but you know, it's 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 done horrifically badly. Lex Luger, consummate professional, excellent performer. <sighs> Sting fights his way back into it. Tags to Luger. And Flair regrets it instantly. On <laughs> <laughs> tags to Flair. Fans keep looking up at the ramp, and I'm like, oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> the giant strolls into the ring. Lex and Giant Brawl. The ref calls for the bell. It's a WCW main event on Nitro. What were you expecting? A clean finish. Duh. Duh. <laughs> Scotty Steiner, for some fucking reason, out with a wooden chair, smashing it over Giant's face. I do mean face. He literally takes the edge of the chair and cracks it across Giant's nose. I'm like, oh, you cunt. Fucking hell. Why did you do that? You know, the back- backstage Scotty Norton's been a bit like, Lads, do you know what this young guy just did to me? And they were like, right, let's go and fuck him up on TV. <laughs> so Lex, Sting and Sky gang up on the giant because, you know... Wait, hang on. They're faces, right? <laughs> against the heel giant, yeah. But the way the giant flips the fuck out... Oh, man. It's the best bit about this show to me. What did you think? I mean... You wonder why he got his own sitcom on Netflix with this performance. <laughs> it's like he's a child having a strop. It's like he's almost doing... Um, do you know Eddie from Tekken? Uh, when he's doing the capoeira I... type stuff. Oh, no, definitely not. This is beyond my computer game knowledge. Okay, don't worry. He basically, Big Show is doing that in the ring. It's like he's kind of going side to side while crouched, going... <laughs> to try and get the guys off him. It's I couldn't stop laughing, mate. I thought it was hilarious. Academy Award winning performance. <laughs> Fuck me, this was bad. So instead of like, you know, going in and trying to fuck these guys up because he's the giant, he's the champion, he just kind of gets out the ring and goes and has a chat with me and Gene because it's WCW and that's what you do when you wrestle in WCW apparently. Giant goes, yeah, Luger, you're going to leave Great American Bash on a stretcher because we've never heard that before on a wrestling promo. You're a dead man. Oh, can't use the word death in WWE. So that's right. You're going to be, you're going to cease to exist. <laughs> you're going to go to a boneyard. <laughs> Not a graveyard. I can't say that, but I can say boneyard. That, that's, that's a thing, right? People say boneyard, don't they, Tax? You're going to be going to a medical facility on a gurney. <laughs> <laughs> on a bed with wheels. It'll be comfy, you know. Don't worry, you'll be fine. Yeah, but we won't pay for your insurance. <laughs> well, why do they refuse to give us any clean finishes in main events? Because WCW. Why can't Arn Anderson take a pinfall here? Keep him strong. He's got to go against the um, the <laughs> sexy time team boys. <laughs> Yeah, sure. Have we had a main event with a finish yet on Nitro? Have we had a main event on a pay-per-view with a finish? <laughs> fair point, fair point. So, we cut to commentary position, and Heenan cuts a vicious promo on the Macho Man. He is almost shooting here. But then Heenan looks up and runs away. This is... He was too, he was too intense and he'd shit himself. <laughs> 
Uh, jokes aside, this is shot and performed perfectly. In comparison to the selling from the big show to what we have now, this is fucking Razzie to Oscar in two minutes. The camera goes from this commentary position with Bischoff and Heenan as Heenan runs off, pans to the left a little bit to unveil the bad guy, Mang, <laughs> walking into shot. Hang on, what the fuck? For Haku, fuck off, Scott Hall's coming. <laughs> a Bish goes, wait a minute. Wait a minute. And you're like, oh, God, they just do these segments. They do fucking perfectly every t- single time. They they told this story so perfectly, Tags. Flawless. Every step of this story so far has been absolutely flawless. Bish grabs the house mic instead of the headset this time. And I'm like, oh, fucking A's. The crowd are going to get involved as well. And tells us that Scott Hall, sorry, tells Scott Hall that he doesn't want any trouble. And where's this big surprise? And as he's saying this, facing Scott Hall, the crowd go, oh, as they see what gets unveiled to us as a big man walks into the commentary set as the camera pans out. Nash. And he blows out his quad. (laughs) (laughs) Kevin Nash, big sexy, is in the building. Obviously, he's not named yet. Much like Scott Hall, Razor Ramon is not named yet. But in the words of Scott Hall, we know who he is. We know why he's here, you know? Beautifully done. And you said just the whole production of this set, having the crowd pop before, so the viewers at home are like, what the hell is going on? Yeah, like you know it's coming and then it gets unveiled to you. Ah, it's clever, man. Really clever beautifully done i wonder if there's like you know this was a command from bishop this is exactly how i want to do it or whether there was just one really fucking talented tnt camera op who just happened to be in that position at that moment and just made this segment you know well they used tnt's camera crew they didn't have wcw stuff this was all people provided by turner yeah. to film all this wcw stuff so I mean, you've got to imagine they've got a bit of a heads up. They must have rehearsed this segment just to get that surprise factor in. Because obviously a lot of it is back to camera. Yep. So a lot of the time, Scott Hall is blocked by Bischoff during this segment. So I'd lean towards potentially it was live. I think they would have run it through backstage, but actually doing it live. We'll do it live. Oh, it was definitely Um, done live. The actual moment, you know, it's not a pre-tape, that's for sure. Oh, no, no. As in sort of, they wouldn't have walked it through. They wouldn't have gone out onto the stage and done it like that and said to their camera guys, this is how we want to do it. Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay, yep. Because the cameraman doesn't have everyone's face in shot all the time. Yeah. Unless they were that clever to go, we want to make it look raw, so I'm going to block your... I'm going to block you, Scott Hall. Maybe. So make it look like it's... So again, but the fact that even 24 years on that we're still talking about these elements and production values as they go to start forming the NWO, the fact there's debates that can still happen now. And also, imagine now if there were two acts from AEW who came over and did this sort of thing in WWE, if they ever got to that level to have that big enough stars, how the pop would be. This still holds up in today's time. If anything, this is this is what makes today's product look bad because something that's quarter of a century ago is better than the dross that is on tv now i completely agree with you man like there's a big element for me where when bischoff 
is motivated and paying attention and knows he has something in his back pocket that he gets to play with, which is these segments that we keep having with the NWA being unveiled slowly but surely. It's you almost wish that he would be this motivated for the rest of the show. Because up to this point it was shit. Yeah, it was this was a terrible episode of Nitro. But I mean we mentioned it last week. Last week just really, really dragged and then was saved by this end segment. But again, if I was watching this and I've just sat through two hours of this dross to then have this to find out what's going to happen. Well, obviously, we'll get to what Bishop says in a second. But to get to the bash, see what happens next, I'd, I'd be buying. I'd be calling my cable operator right now. <laughs> so as Hall ruffles the hair on Bischoff's head like he's a small child, brilliantly done. Like demeaning, you know? Oh, so good. Big Sexy grabs the mic. And I'm happy the production's really fucking good here because this promo, yeesh, <laughs> it's not his best. Oh, I don't know. I mean, well, let's go through it. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's go through it. Okay. So Nash goes, You've been sitting out here for six months running your mouth. This is where the big boys play, huh? Look at the adjective play. We ain't here to play. Okay. Good opening line. Doesn't know what an adjective is. <laughs> <laughs> and then it gets better. Oh, I don't know. Gesturing to Hall, Nash continues. Now, he said last week that he was going to bring somebody out here. I'm here. You still don't have your three people. You know why? Because nobody wants to face us. This show's about as interesting as Marge Shot reading excerpts from Mein Kampf. You're like, it's Mein Kampf, firstly. <laughs> Who the fuck is Marge Shot? Maybe there was a maybe there was a copyright on Mein Kampf. <laughs> maybe Hogan was around and like, no, only I'm allowed to mention that. My book of choice. The, the, <laughs> <laughs> the idea is great. Okay, uh, just to clarify, Margaret Carolyn Unswear Shot is an American managing general partner, resident CEO of Major League Baseball Cincinnati Reds. Okay, so she's a baseball owner that's racist, I guess. <laughs> Is that where we're going with this? No idea. I mean, is she a baseball owner now? Or was she something to do with TNT uh, back in the day? She died in 2004. So, yeah, apparently Marge Shot was generous and racist, according to this article I just looked up. On the plus point, at least she was generous first. She wasn't racist, <laughs> but also generous. Because one cancels out the other, right? So it's okay to be racist as long as you don't get caught. Remember that, kids. It's it's like me and uh, but she Coach Wicker were talking about, on, about pies. <laughs> she the, got... the lead ingredient is what goes first. <laughs> but, so generous but racist. But if, it means there was like a good bit of meat but a hint of gravy. But according to the, the, uh, the Hulk Hogan methodology or whatever, she got caught being racist, so it's not okay. <laughs> right? Exactly. Don't get caught. <laughs> Fucking hell. Okay, so yeah, he doesn't know what mine how what mine camp is. He doesn't know what an adjective is. Like the, the promo's okay. It's it's all the content of the promo that's fucking nonsense. That's all I'm saying. But you know, West Virginia. Yeah. So well, yeah, he's in the right place, isn't he? Yeah, th- this surprising this got over considering. <laughs> <laughs> and they always go on about how intelligent Nash is in real life. Nash I mean, is one of the brightest wrestlers in the business, then we're all fucked. It's it's just a bit of a it's not a good promo. I think Nash is a smart person. I like listening to him talk, at least, usually. 
Maybe not in 96. Um, Bischoff protests and Nash cuts him off going, yeah, no trouble, right? Because I'll kick your teeth down your throat, which gets a huge pop from this arena. I'm like, dude, you're a heel. <laughs> Stop getting pops. <laughs> he goes, where's your three guys? He means, where are your three guys? This grammar's terrible. <laughs> what? You couldn't get a paleontologist to get a couple of these fossils cleared. You ain't got enough guys off dialysis machine to get a team. That's how he says it, by the way. His grammar's pretty bad. Um, it's it's you know what he's going for. The story works. He's obviously been fed some stuff by Bischoff. It's it's just not as cohesive as the moment deserves. Still works though, the fans are eating it up. Absolutely. I remember that I've never watched this whole speech in full. I've only seen the clips at the beginning. Where he goes, you know, this is where the big boys play. Look at the adjective, play. We ain't here to play. Because it's kind of famously a botch, basically. But it's a good line, you know. If he just said, look at the verb, it would have been a perfect line, you know. I Again, it's only snippets I've seen of this. So watching the, the full thing and what you'll get onto next regarding our next disses. Mm. Hall continues to hassle, hassle Bish. And Nash goes, yeah where's hogan where's hogan out there doing another episode of blunder in paradise <laughs> great line where's the macho man huh out there doing another slim jim commercial i'm like, like slim jim will probably chuff they got their name thrown in here uh, plus that and obviously the nfl boys chomping down on savage's slim jim they certainly were nasty boys <laughs> <laughs> not those ones wait they're not in the main event <laughs> Bish grabs the mic and says, "Tomorrow morning he'll get them their fight." Bish off. I'm sorry. Bischoff invites the outsiders, the, the invaders, whatever, to the Great American Bash this Sunday. Hall and Nash agree. Ming. I'm like, where? <laughs> sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought when you said where, I was going to go Baltimore. <laughs> no, no. Where's Ming? Because he says Ming after every sentence. You get it? Yeah. One's fire, one's ice. Do you get it? Uh, Nash goes, the measuring stick just changed around here, buddy. You're looking at it. And then Nash does this weird thing where he pretends to shove the mic onto Bischoff's chest. And you're like, just just shove it in his chest, mate. I'm sure it'll be all right. Bischoff just drops the mic. He's like, oh. It's, it's, shove him over. Oh, so Push like- him into the desk. Do something. Don't just go... Yeah, pretend like you shoved the mic into his chest. It's so weird. I don't get the thing. I guess I he's trying not to hurt his boss, but fuck knows, man. It's weird. I really enjoyed the first proper outsiders thing where they were trying to pop themselves, where they were like, Nash going to Hall, like, we're loved in Baltimore, so of course we'll be at the bash. We'd love to come. <laughs> yeah, it's good fun, man. And uh, Bischoff tells the truck to end the show by doing a kind of cutthroat motion to the camera. And we're out of here. That's it. But now, as we said, there might be a potential for a fight at the bash. We've got three guys. We've got the, the continuing story. In fairness, you know, if you weren't aware and it's the first night you've watched Nitro, there's some NFL boys fighting Flair and Anderson. And um, one guy called Fire and one guy called Ice <laughs> is going to go against the Steiners, where only 50% of them turned up to the show and also got bored, so just interjected themselves into the main event. <laughs> yeah odd odd go home show very odd good to see ddp being pushed again though so 
one thing that can certainly be said about this show is that the people who they're going to be pushing towards the feuds on their pay-per-view are not losing. There's no 50-50 booking. Over the last few weeks, we've seen Regal win consistently. We've seen DDP win consistently. Giant obviously going over as champion. Flair and Flair and Arn getting their victories or at least not losing. There's no 50-50 leading into this pay-per-view. Everyone is going in strong, just like the NFL boys. Uh, on the positive on that as well, they're, they're trying to bring new people onto TV. There's oh, definitely. The, the Jim four, Powers. Four debuts in the show. They may be jobbing. They may be getting beaten up backstage, but they're trying to use new faces. And then you have Nash come out right at the end. And you're like, you can see that Bischoff knows this isn't working. And he's trying to do something new and just to see what sells almost, you know? Oh, we even forgot to mention we had a Glacier promo again. Oh, we did. I forgot to mention it because it's plainly not going to happen, is it? I just feel like we're never going to get to see Glacier. That's right. I'm sure we can have a, another 10 episode run of Glacier's best hits. Uh, you keep mentioning the uh, Cody Rose promo where he talks about the Glacier promos like every, every other week and then it finally happening and such. And I'm waiting to watch that in anticipation because I want to see if um it does actually debut on one of these nitros because oh my god it was so good if he does so I want to see that intro that walkout I mean the good thing is as you know we know what happened we know some of the things that happened at the pay-per-view we know what happens at um bash at the beach but what happens between now and then I'm not overly familiar with so I'm very much looking forward to what mm. we're going to be covering over the next few few months so a few weeks i'm concerned that when this nfl match is done at great american bash next week which we will be covering next week here on the world of wrestling podcast you're going to be left with well i guess we'll see but potentially a lot of your top baby faces being stuck in feuds that don't really matter guys ending feuds and then really lots of people arguing about the invaders and stuff for what, four weeks before Graham, before the Bash at the Beach? But Mongo will be in singles action. <laughs> I'm just hoping we get some entertaining matches at least because I, I'm not convinced the storylines are going to be there. But God, I'm worried from the last pay-per-view, we, the first pay-per-view we watched at Slambury and like the last, the first... Three or four nitros afterwards were good, but this last one was a bit like, oh, geez, man. It's a bit of a slog. Little, little bit of a holding pattern going into Bash at the Beach, I think. Yeah, absolutely, man. So, But from a business standpoint, it, it did the job. It promoted the pay-per-view. It got you interested in what Nash and Hall are doing. Yep. It's these last NWO segments have been saving these shows every week for me. Definitely. Want to give this a cornflake rating? three because of nash's debut if not it would have been a two yeah i'm going with a two on this one i think the nash promo is not as good as it should have been um but it is a great moment and uh flair is pretty funny at times i'm trying to think yeah like, even the nfl stuff wasn't as funny as i hoped it was going to be like nowhere near as funny as it was last week it's amazing what happens when you put savage in there and so he'd probably go i'm not being associated with that shit yeah it feels like they filmed a lot more and Savage went, no, 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 no. You're not putting that on TV. Got to learn the ropes. Yeah. 
Sting versus Meng even was like a minute or two and had a bullshit weird finish. Heel Sting. Yeah. The best match was the opening match. <laughs> Probably the best bit about it was the opening match. And that had a shit Agreed. finish as yeah. well. <laughs> but like every good performance, start well, finish well, people will forget what's in the middle. Yeah, maybe. Join us next week for the second pay-per-view of this NWO formation of the NWO run. Uh, it's going to be the Great American Bash Boys. I'm really looking forward to it. At least we get to watch Dean Malenko and Rey Mysterio. I'm looking forward to the pay-per-view. But, as you said, I'm going in mildly nervous that, you know, at least with Nitro being two hours, when it's dross, it's, it's doable. If we've got a three-hour pay-per-view that's dross, it will be like watching Raw. Yeah, very much so, which I struggled with this week. So we'll see how we get on in future weeks. But but before we do our socials, and I know we've made a few mentions of the US elections um, uh, during this, I thought I'd finish this with a fun thing that I saw on Twitter, uh, where you can follow us at World of Rest Pod to follow us, and this may lose us followers. But I saw a picture of the Titanic, and it said, if Donald had captained the Titanic. So, <laughs> may not be the president, but a someone called Donald. And it just starts like this. There is no iceberg. We won't hit an iceberg. I knew it was an iceberg before anyone else knew. No one knows more about icebergs than I do. <laughs> the penguins bought the icebergs here. No one could have predicted the iceberg. We can't allow an iceberg to stop our ship. The crew is spreading fake news about icebergs. Some of you have to drown. I'm the best captain. Ask anyone. And that, my friends, is the end of this week's episode. Mate, if he was a heel in WCW, it'd be really entertaining, but he's the fucking president of the United States, you know? And a WWE Hall of Famer. Yeah, let's not forget. So uh, where's the best place to find you, mate? Uh, I'm at the Tex Williams on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Um, I have nothing to show because obviously there is no chance we're going to be wrestling. I did. I know. I know. We touched on this at the start of the year that 2020 was going to be my last year in the ring because I am no longer a young man, <laughs> and I just genuinely think that you know, with the state of how Brit Rest is, how the world is right now, I think in ring, unless unless there's something really exciting to do, I th- I think I'm I'm done in ring. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that, I, man. But good news on a commentary standpoint. Because, you know, I mentioned previously that I received a a rather strange message on Facebook from uh, Pure Black Gold Wrestling from South Africa. I don't remember that weirdly. Did you mention it on the pod? I think I mentioned it on uh, the Scooby-Doo episode. Oh, okay. Which you can listen to in our archives. I was a bit drunk during that episode. I listened to it back and I'm like, oh, I should not have been drunk while recording this episode. Well, friends, not like the commentators in this country who desperately try and get gigs in the UK. Not Tex Williams. Tex Williams will commentate on your shows in the UK if I already work for you. I will continue to do wonderful work for Pro Wrestling All-Stars in Belgium. Hell, I even enjoy doing work for OWE in China. But now I'm happy to confirm I am the official play-by-play commentator for pure black gold wrestling out of South Africa. Amazing, man. That's great. Oh, Jesus. Is there a place we can find these shows? No! (laughs) Okay, good stuff. We'll see how that goes. We'll keep you updated, loyal listeners. 
All I had to do was put £20,000 in a bank account for a South African prince. Oh, good stuff. <laughs> Great investment. I think you'll find tax. <laughs> I mean, at some point, I'm sure I'll be sent some footage to talk over. <laughs> I'm at Fanboy Rich on the old Twitter machine. Uh, yeah, go watch my work on Russell Talk. Love it. Excellent work. And your numbers are still going up. You're doing, as you mentioned earlier, doing the live uh, play-by-play of Raw now. So that's always good fun to check out. It, because it's uh, certainly going to be better just, than just, Dross on the USA Network. Just, just to correct you, we do the podcast the next day live on YouTube. But it's fine, don't worry. Apologies. Okay. I was just getting too excited about hiding the Dross of Raw. In that case, actually, yeah. Save yourself three hours of your life of watching Raw. Because Rich and the guys at WrestleTalk have to. And just listen to the pod. Yeah, technically, I don't have to watch Raw, but I tried, and I'm not sure I'm going to be watching it much in the future. <laughs> I guess what it is. Uh, yeah, I also am going to do the AEW Dynamite live podcast the day after, so Thursdays and I guess it'll be Tuesdays, the two live streams are going to be doing. So subscribe to Wrestle Talk. Whenever we go to a live, I'm the guy producing it. So come chat to me. I'm usually around in the chat, and um, yeah, people seem to like what we're doing. So yeah, we're doing some more big television production type stuff rather than just people sitting in front of a screen talking so lovely job yeah cool uh what a wrestling podcast.com is the best place to find everything i will update that website eventually god blogger has become difficult to use so just at the moment it's got links to all the streaming services and the place where you can pick us up obviously search what a wrestling podcast subscribe tell a mate why not give us a five-star review on whatever platform you're using Helps us out. And our numbers have gone through the fucking roof recently. So hello to all you lovely new listeners. Hopefully you're enjoying this wonderful series of the formation of the NWA we're doing. I am muchly enjoying it, apart from this episode, which was shit. But then it's still good stuff to chat about. Exactly. Right. I'll catch you all next week. Keep keep safe in lockdown, everyone. Will perform for you tonight. And that's why I kicked your leg out of your leg. We're tough. We can take it, baby. You got to penetrate in the back, in the back, baby. Oh, I can see what you're talking. Wait just a minute.